cliffcentral.com. Wow, I'm glad that I knew that was tea clinic. Otherwise, I would have been horrified by the conversation that they were having <laughs> about <laughs> chewing and the gut and medication and all kinds of stuff. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is a Thursday morning, which means it can't means be, to be last, worse than last week's. It can't be worse than last week's mm. conversation. Oh, come on, Pumi. It's, it's never, when we say, you, you, last week we spoke about stools and how important that was. And uh, Dr. Mark tackles all the difficult subjects. Uh, that's what I'm I can so tell you. I'm so traumatized. Well, stop being so, uh, such a, 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 a soft snowflake because we don't have time for that. <laughs> all right. What we do have time for this morning is um, our guest, no stranger to the burning platform. We've had him on the show a couple of times before. He's always added value, so we'd like to have him back. And here he is, Ibrahim. And uh, Ibrahim is, of course, Ibrahim Harvey, the Kasatu trade unionist formerly and also a current political writer, and analyst, and a commentator, author of The Great Pretenders, which we uh, reviewed with him not so long ago. That was back in 2022. It won the South African Literary Award for Nonfiction. Ibrahim, I don't think we congratulated you for that um, since then, but well done. Thank you, thank you, Gareth. Uh, uh, it's very nice to see you. So, Ibrahim, you're writing a column for News 24 on the, the subject which everyone is talking about this week, which is the EFF celebrations last weekend. Uh, thousands of people in FNB Stadium. All that anyone seems to be talking about those two things, um, as far as I can glean, and there's got to be more, unless, of course, we are the kind of people who just are distracted by the headline and never bother to read the article. So the first thing that we know is that he sang Kill the Boer, which of course has got everyone in the world, including Elon Musk, all riled up. We'll talk about that in a second. The other thing is that some poor dude fell to his death at the celebrations, and um, that's kind of a side story. But other than that, it doesn't seem to me that, that anyone's... That story is even more bizarre. That story is almost as bizarre as the Lizzo story, because apparently, so one of the things that I read following that is is that he actually didn't fall to his death. This The one death that did happen is somebody on the way to the stadium who was in a hit and run at one of, of the stops that they had um, with the bus he was traveling in. But that this guy was apparently dead before and he was just found after the, the celebrations. Mm, the plot thickens. <laughs> well... Let's start with Ibrahim because, I mean, I've got this clip which I suppose everyone around the world has seen, but let's just, let's just see here a couple of things. So first of all, this is uh, famously uh, Julius with the, the, the song that everybody's talking about, the, the, the thing that whenever he does this, he does it just to irritate us and like, uh, like we always do, we fall for it. We, uh, he's like Donald Trump in this way. He, he, he sucks all the air out of the room and then it all becomes about Julius. Wow. Okay. Uh, so, Ibrahim, like, let's have your top-line thoughts. And don't give away the article. We still want people to see what uh, you've written on Saturday. But what's your overall feeling about the EFF and their rally? Okay. Yeah, no, uh, uh, Gareth, what I did was uh, in anticipation of the uh, 
you know, decade-old uh, 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 celebration now. Uh, I wrote a column two weeks ago, but uh, the one that's coming on Saturday is an analysis of the implications of a very successful, um, well, with lots of razzmatazz, you know, uh, FNB. I mean, highly impressive, technical, everything was sound. Well, a lot of money must have gone into, into carrying that off. And he indicated mm -hmm. that uh, he, they used the funds from the uh, IEC. But um, let me tell you, no opposition party in post-apartheid South Africa has pulled off what Malema and the EFF did. It was spectacular. It was incredible with all the razzmatazz. And I can tell you, I know him. I've interviewed him for the, for the Motlante biography that I wrote uh, with Floyd Chabambu. It was the one time that even Khaleva Matlante said he's never heard of something like that. He approached me and asked me, can Floyd Chabambu please be part of the interview? I've never had that experience and, and we allowed it. So, you know, he was there. But back to the celebrations, you know, the EFF is now acutely aware more than ever before that it is a major political factor. And I can tell you that, you know, because the ANC is to my mind at least, absolutely not only going to lose next year's election, I think they're going to end up with 40 to 45%. That is the wow. depth of the revulsion towards the ANC. The EFF is going to come up from 10, 11%, I can tell you, to, to 15, even maybe somewhere towards 20%. I think he deliberately meant to make a formidable impact at the FNP to lay a basis. In fact, that it in itself is a rallying uh, electoral rallying uh, cry of, of the EF, you know, towards uh, the 2024 elections. I think that whole thing has been very carefully orchestrated. Bantu Olamisa, UDM, all the other parties present. present. Um, no, uh, you know, if you ask me about my impression, you know, which I will speak about in the column on Saturday, uh, it was a tremendous... Uh, well, you know, I think also what it has done is, you know, normally uh, Malema is quite an arrogant uh, guy, you know, very arrogant, super confident, sometimes too confident of himself. But what I noticed in the press briefing after the rally, it seemed that he's riding on a wave of, you know, popularity and, you know, uh, very dynamic uh, electric uh, effects of that rally, you know, and you could see in how he fielded the questions at that uh, press rally which followed the, 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 the celebrations. But, you know, uh, Gareth, we must be very careful about one thing. Let me tell you, I have did many columns and articles on the EFF from 2013. In fact, before, while Malema was still with the NC Youth League president. Do not, you're making a big mistake. White people generally, let me tell you something, and Afrikaners in particular, must not dismiss Malema and the EFF. They are here to stay. And if you ever had any doubts, you look at what they pulled off at that FNB stadium. There's lots of things about Malema. He's highly racialist. In fact, he doesn't even understand the ABC of the scholarship of race and race. Because if he does, he'll know even his comments to, about Alan Zilla, lots of things. He's not just racialist. It is racist in my book. And I study this field. But he doesn't know the scholarly works, you see. So um, there are lots of things, you know. And I think... Uh, him invoking race for every single thing, you know, lots of things that have to do with class, gender, it's just race all the time. 
but they've also made great strides in an anti-sexist, anti-homophobic stance, which I am highly impressed with. You know, Gareth, there's a deep history tweet. I deal with it in my 2021 book. I don't want to get into it too much now. But with African people in particular, let me tell you, and you can see what's happening in many African countries, the sexism and homophobia uh, is a huge issues, huge, huge issues. And Malema speaking out publicly now, discouraging it, it is a very positive sign, I must tell you. Well, I suppose we've got to look for the silver lining. Uh, I know you've got lots to say about Kabantu. Um, let me let Pumi just come in here because you want to maybe respond to Ibrahim. But I don't think anyone disagrees. This was a real show of force. I mean, like whether you, whether you like the EFF or not, you put on something like this, it's all we're talking about this week. It's all anyone is talking about this week. And that's what Julius does so well. I give credit where it's due. I mean, a lot of people are saying <laughs> they paid... They paid people to be there. They bust them in. They threatened to suspend them from the party if they weren't there. So a lot of those people probably just went along because they had to. But this is the way Julius operates. He gets everyone talking about him. And once you are the center of the news, you just gravitationally attract other stuff to you. So one of the things, and I'd love to hear your your view on this, Ibrahim. When I watched this, and everyone that listens to the show knows how much I was looking forward to seeing what they pull off because there were so many moments of kind of building up to this thing. And it was a hell of an impressive show that they put together. They filled the stadium, the iconography of what they created, not just in, in the words, but in the images, in the, the things the entire spectacle of it. It was like a jamboree of democracy, no doubt. And the playbook is, is an ANC playbook. We know this. I mean, this the ANC were among the first with their Sianova rallies all the way back to uh, Nelson Mandela. But the thing for me when I put on my communicator hat is the conversation that is dominating worldwide around this thing is not necessarily the power that Julius has shown, the force, the all, all that we are talking about is we are talking about him and this particular song and what it means. What it means for the people in that stadium to be singing it, what it means for South Africans, the fear that it's engendered for a lot of people, and, and truly the divisiveness of it. And if this, which is what it was, is kicking off his 2024 campaign. Yeah. He, in my book, has failed dismally because nobody, not even he, is talking about, because the work that should be going on after such a spectacle is work that says, look at what we can pull off, look at mm. the power that we have, look at the numbers that are on our side, don't be left behind, come along, sign up to vote, join the EFF. And yet, all over the world. I saw yesterday's built uh, in Germany on the front page. They have the picture of Julius Malema standing on that raised podium with like the golden buzzer confetti and his hand first up in the air. And you can imagine in Germany, the iconography yeah, of what this is and what they, and, and what they contrasted with is mm. another very bad man down the line, which the entire world is, is very conscious of. And this is the conversation that is being had about Julius Malema. And unfortunately, I think he, 
He fumbled. It shows his lack of discipline. So before I give it back to Ibrahim, Bakabantu, you've yeah. got lots to say about this. Go ahead. So I made notes, Gareth. I read, I watched the speech <laughs> and I made notes. So, so I made notes, right? So like Sispumi said, this rally should have been, it was a very powerful. He did fill up the FNB stadium. Uh, like Ibrahim said, this has not been done, I think, since Chris Hani's uh, funeral. This, the, but this playbook is nothing new. So Juju, instead of walking up there and saying, this is what we have done for the people, this is what we are going to do for the people, he came out there and did the ANC playbook, which was the PASMA playbook. He preached communism. He preached anti-corruption. It was just another political message, but obviously at a grander stage. So now, what do we have? We have promises 10 years down the line. What does he have to show for it? He still has... Uh, the mandate is to nationalize. What has he nationalized? The mandate that he spoke on was to, he was in parliament to represent domestic workers, garden boys, petrol attendants. What has he done for those people on the ground? I think zero. He said he was going to fight corruption. He's in bed with the ANC, which is the leaders of corruption. He said people like A, the ANC and Ramaphosa fought for capitalism and killed people in Marikana, which is what the ANC, I mean, which was what the EFF was birthed on on the people in Marikana crying out to Julius to start the EFF. Again, what has he done for those people in Marikana? Can he show us? He should have been there with receipts. Instead, he was there with promises. He addressed the scandals. He addressed that they were bought by London. He addressed that they were with the VBS scandal. He did address that none of them were arrested for it, which doesn't prove anything. The accusation enough is alone, especially in politics, in the realm of politics. Yes, in the law, he is right. But in the realm of politics, that is a very big accusation to be anti-corruption and to be linked to such a big corruption scandal against the people that you claim to be fighting for. His mm -hmm. mandate, he says, we want the land from white monopoly money. He said he wants industrialization. He wants farming land. He wants in land for entrepreneurship. What, again, has he shown where he has what? What municipality, small or big, has he shown that this is what we have done? We have taken this clinic and we have provided this. So Julius Malema throws a big party, fills up FNP Stadium, but people in Amanskral don't have water, which he addressed that people in Amanskral don't have water. What's a better use for funds than to, to actually act and not say? Like what, show, don't tell? That's a, a, like, that's a thing in theater. Show, don't so tell. Julius Bagaban to Julius, yeah. um, three years ago, I think, they, they set themselves a task that they were going to build, even build before school. the Afroforum University, that they're going to build a school. A school? Where's the we school? Ain't even seen this, we haven't even seen site establishment. We don't know the land. We don't know where the land exactly. like, and But this is, this is the thing about the communication, right? Is he's, he's incredibly good at building this communication, at creating this spectacle. And... It, it's it's like um, it's like riots. It's like the riots. People mm. get swept up in the excitement of it. In the it's moment, like being at a concert. Also, it's the I don't know, like like being at a concert at a sports event. You get swept up in the euphoria, in the collectiveness of the people. So Guys, I did I, have, I just have to, so I have to say here because um, I didn't watch the rally. I've seen clips of it, which I suppose is the way most people consume this stuff. Now, I don't think anyone took yeah. time out of their day. Unless they were in the EFF to watch the whole thing or to listen to the speeches. I'm glad Bakabantu did and made notes. But again, I'm going to draw a parallel not to Hitler like, you know, so many other people mm. are, but just to Donald Trump. You know, someone said the other day to me that Donald Trump is like the id of the Republican Party. He kind of 
And <laughs> friend, it might appeal to you. You know, psychologists talk about the id as being that unrestricted kind of part of you that just appeals instinctively to people. And, and you guys are talking about communication. But I think with, with Julius, it's like he appeals to the lowest common denominator in people. And, of, of course, we've got a country full of angry, unhappy traumatized people right so when he yeah. so when he speaks like this and he brings up race as ibrahim points out as his biggest tool in the in the toolbox he's got this is like an old tried and tested way do you think it's still going to work though i mean are people so unhappy that we're going to turn on each other and we're going to start scapegoating and it's going to become a race war because this is what some people who are agitating on far left and far right corners of the spectrum are saying and they want that. There are lots of extreme right-wingers and extreme left-wingers in this country who are hiding in the shadows. It's not like before. They're not, they're not able to be out there like they might have been in previous um, generations or in previous eras. And, and if he is like the id of South Africa, if that's the truth, then you've got to admire the political instinct, but that doesn't mean you have to admire the man. Yeah, no, uh, Gareth, you know, I think we need to dissect a few things here. The first thing that must be said, the last thing I'm impressed with, with Malemba is full of himself. He's been like that. The ANC knows it. He comes from the ANC. Malema is one of the most egotistic politicians in this country. Nobody, can you believe what he told AfriForum's lawyers? <laughs> In, in, uh, with that case uh, of kill the boy, he said, you know, be careful how you speak to me because you're talking to the future president of South Africa. That is what he said in that court case. That is Malema, but what you need to do, what you need to do, and I'm not blaming that you for not doing it, that falls within the realm of political social sciences. That is why I do analysis. You need to dissect Malema. One thing you need to start off with you see, it, it, I do, in fact, I, I, I didn't agree with that judgment. Can I tell you that? That he was found not guilty for hate speech. It is a stirring, given the history of this country, and especially the history of white Africaners and what happened. And let me tell you, there's a book out. There's a book out. I bought it at a second-hand bookstore in Melville. I've not been able to read. It's a book, book devoted to... Uh, looking at all the killings of uh, white Afrikaner farmers in this country. It's a stirring book, and I, I was interested because I've not heard anything until I've re seen this. What I'm saying, Gareth, you need to distinguish Malema and the theatrics surrounding him, uh, other razzmatazz and what happened, and he's egotistic, and how he's, he's seeking the presidency of this country, let me tell you, without any shred of doubt. And be careful. You see, because the ANC is going to drop, to my mind, not just below 50, but 40, 45%, the EFF will come up, the DA will come up. To what extent and what percentage either of these two parties will take from the, uh, the ANC, voters who are disenchanted with them, or you could have a very big, biggest ever stay away at next year's polls. Be careful about that. That is how despondent mm -hmm. people are with the ANC and with politics in general and political parties. But... What a, a, an achievement, you know, 1.2, 1.1 million members in a decade, a decade filled with cynicism. People are so disgruntled. They, they're not interested in politics, the youth even. It's quite an achievement. Now, let Ibrahim, me just... do you believe those numbers? Do you believe those numbers? I do not think that, uh, I do not think that those numbers would be a, a figment of his imagination or life. <laughs> I don't think so. 
I don't think so. That is not, however, the important matter now, whether those figures are... The, that those are the figures he has thrown around, and and I will I will uh, now go and proceed to do some bit of research and dig into it since you've raised mm -hmm. it. But his base is the black youth, and in particular, black African youth. To use the language of statistics, South Africa highly racialized uh, racial mm -hmm. terminology that they use. That is it. And who are the people who are suffering most now? who are most combustible, let me tell you, as a, as a mobilizing point, is the African youth in the highest unemployment in the entire history of this country. And we, it's not but just unemployment. You talk cost of living, everything. Let me just finish the point, if you don't mind, please. That's why you invited me to this thing. Don't, you know, crap <laughs> in my mouth while I'm speaking. Please allow me to finish. Otherwise, you might as well have the show by yourself. All right, let's go. I let's have go. a question. I have a question, though. I have a question, Ibrahim. So when we look at not polling, not what uh, uh, Julius Malema says, but when we look at votes at the polling station, the people who show up to put a cross next to a party, and we look at the past 18 months from the local general elections, every single time the EFF have come up wanting so they cannot get those young people across this country to show up and vote for them. They can't get them to show up and vote for them. They can well, get them to the stadium, but well, they can't get them to show up and vote. The big test, let me tell you, between the last election <coughs> of 2019 when the ANC got 57% of the vote to now has been the biggest socioeconomic crisis and the biggest increase in uh, youth unemployment ever in the entire history of the key thing i hear you the key thing they've had 10 11 percent of the vote the key thing is what is going to happen next year and i believe we're at a turning point i really think that a lot of the disgruntled black african youth in particular are going to if they don't stay away they're going to give their votes to the eff especially after this the spectacular you know uh, uh celebrations that they uh, launched at the fnb but you know what? Let me tell you, I'm the, one of the biggest critics of Malema and the EFF. I've done countless columns, so I've studied the EFF. I know the weaknesses, the failures, how he racializes everything, you know. Uh, so I'm aware of the pitfalls, but politically speaking, Malema is an unstoppable force. Let me tell you something, and he knows it. He knows it. He knows his social base. That's why he can even say with these white Africaners coming provocatively to his building, we've got everything we need to defend ourselves. And he's that type of character, you know. But it's the politics. It's the politics and the social base that he organizes amongst and the implications of that for elections going forward. I don't think the EFF would ever outrightly win even next year, the ANC will still be the biggest party, even if they got 40 to 45% of the vote. That the ANC knows itself. But I think what you're missing big time here, cut aside the racialism of him and the theatrics that you see in much of the razzmatazz at the FNB, Malema, the, the potential he has as a political leader to organize and mobilize amongst the biggest electoral constituency in this country, which is what? The black African youth, blacks in general, Africans in particular, to use the, 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 the mantra of the ANC. And that is what I think you need to. That's why I did a short interview on SABC last night, you know, the load shedding. Uh, I did it on, 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 on the phone. But I pointed this out too. 
because the people were also gripped with this thing of the Afrikaners going to march on the office because of the rally and the kill the Boer. You know what? Those are theatrics, and I'm not reducing it. You see, so to is me, the, so the, the, is the, it's also theatrics. No, it is that, but let me tell you, I think it's gone beyond the... You need to look at the politics beyond the theatrics and beyond the symbolism. I yeah. don't think... I so don't let me think... Let me, let me yeah. sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you, but you you brought up something which I think re, it deserves a little bit more um, yeah. of a, a, a detailed inter, a, a inspection. So I saw a story just this morning. Ian Cameron, who's been on our show before as another guest on the Burning Platform, has been on a bit of a, a tirade and I think a justifiable one. And you brought up how, how farmers have been killed and there are these horrible statistics and there are these gruesome bloody murders and they really are awful. Uh, yesterday, the body of another farmer Dr. Carl Nell was discovered in BC's Flay in the Northwest. Um, since Julius was on stage, there have been a number of murders. Um, do you think, you already said that you disagreed with the court when they found that it wasn't hate speech. Yes. Do you think that this is actually an incitement to this kind of thing? Could, could you link, in your mind, do you think that there is an indirect link or a direct one between him going on stage and saying these things and people then acting on that. You know, Donald Trump was held responsible for saying people must uh, peacefully protest at the Capitol. And of course, that's been called an insurrection since then. He's facing charges for that. Yeah. Um, that, that I think is, you know, it's, it's a, that's a debatable situation. But here in South Africa, we've got Julius actually saying kill the farmer which is, I mean, it's, you don't have to be a, a, a rocket scientist or a professor of philosophy to figure out what he means by that. Do you think it's leading to actual deaths? Yes, no, I think there are plausible connections uh, uh, between, uh, you know, the which is why I, I eagerly bought this book, you know, because it's been, uh, in fact, I penned a column uh, for the Mail and Guardian long ago around when this farm, white Afrikaner farm killings began. So I've taken a very strong stand of, uh, against it, you know. Uh, and I know the reason why I'm saying it's plausible because there were once a, a couple of times when a white Afrikaner farm, farmers were murdered and uh, was, it was sprayed on the walls or something about apartheid and, you know, a reaction now to, uh, you know, the white in, uh, Afrikaners in particular was the political bedrock of Nationalist Party rule. And, uh, you know, I, I think uh, it's reprehensible. I have I've disliked and hated every white Afrikaner family who was killed on farms. That is why I bought that book. I've been very mindful of an absolute, and in fact, you know, given the popularity of Malema, especially amongst a very disgruntled, alienated black African youth who are bearing the brunt of unemployment, I think it's very plausible. He's very popular, this guy. You see what he pulled off in the... And uh, a lot of people, EFA followers, follow his word like the gospel. And mm -hmm. uh, there is plausible connections, I believe, between his uh, this song and urging. You know, although when you ask him and the journalists have, he reduces it to a symbolism, you know. In fact, it's not him. It's not the EFA. It was a struggle song, which is true. It belonged to the National Liberation Movement, you know, and the target was the Nationalist Party, white Afrikaner dominated. That was it. This is how Malema, you know, and uh, but it's plausible. There is no doubt. And I think even psychologists uh, would agree that uh, 
I'm not I'm talking now outside of the realm of political scientists and analysts. It's plausible to suggest that there could be and there might probably have been links between the number of uh, farm murders and this song and uh, Malema, you know, and he's very defiant. It's one thing that, uh, you know, uh, I find extremely distasteful about Malema, extremely arrogant and defiant. Why go and, you know, after what they did at the stadium? I mean, at the, at the, he was not apologetic one bit at the press conference that fo followed, you know. And you know why? Gareth, let me tell you why. Malema knows his power rests with who are the majority of the, demographically, the so-called African people are 80 plus percent of them. He knows he rests on that base. It's where his arrogance uh, comes from, you know. Uh, and uh, there's a lot that's left to be desired right. about Malema, the politicians, and his racializes and his racist comments about uh, 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 this uh, EFF uh, uh, leader and uh, just whites in general, you know, uh, yes. it's very unhealthy given the uh, very combustible history of race in this country. To have a politician that racializes everything, that targets whites in right. general, and then Indians also, and uh, I see he hasn't targeted uh, colored so much, but whites and Indians, it's Don't worry, not everyone will not at all. <laughs> Let's just... Yeah. Like a bunch of, let's just talk a bunch of, I mean, you, you're, a, you're a young guy. You are. Yeah, I am the, the African, the young African that he's targeting. Right. You're the demographic <laughs> Ibrahim's talking yeah. about. Here. Target I mean, market. What, so what sort of, and again, you're not representative of everybody by yeah. any means. And you're also not out there getting a mandate from anyone and you're not polling people. But no. if you had to guess how well these messages are landing, what would you say the result is? Okay, so uh, stuff that he said, right? He supports the LBGTQI community, right? He fights for their rights. Uh, he said he's against rape, uh, police brutality, uh, GBV. People should be like, he's, he listed all these things, said free education. He said if the, the day the EFF steps into office, student debt will be written off. Uh, and then he said, this is the same person who wants the land grab, right? He says mm -hmm. he supports the kings in South Africa. So now this is where I come in and I say those two things are in conflict with each other. We've spoken about this land thing, that the kings own the land in South Africa. So who are you supporting? Are you supporting the kings or are you supporting the people? These are two different things because Ingwenyama Trust has the land. So if it's about the land, give the people the land. Let's start there. Let's start with the land that we actually do have. So, but now... Uh, another thing that stood out to me, Ibrahim, is that the founding mandates of the EFF are still the mandates that he was preaching now 10 years later. So that shows stagnation. He hasn't moved. He's still making the same promises he was making 10 years ago. But in all due respect with the Malema, like if I were to say as a person what he said in that stage, the iconography, the whatnot, the arrogance, all of that, in the state the country is in, Gareth, we do not need that type of rhetoric being spread on that massive scale. We do not yeah. need that because the people are primed. Number one, people are jobless. Like this is the youth, right? The African youth, that is the majority. People are jobless. People have just went through COVID. People have historical trauma with, the, with apartheid, like it or not, 20 years, 30 years, you can call it what you want. But people, people are at, what do you call it? People are, are simmering. And he is just throwing gasoline on the fire. And that is not needed in this country. A lot of hope is needed. If he walked out there and said, 
guys, we will do A, B, and C. If he built that school and said, look, we have 40 graduates from the school that we built three years ago. This is what we're doing. We are aiming for a better future. But what did, right. what, what does he do? He plays the race card. He brings in Fidel Castro. He brings in revolutionaries. He brings in Cuba. And this and Cuba is not a beacon of hope that we should all be looking to. He brings, he brings in Marxism. He brings in Leninism. All these things are Fail, are tried and tested and they have failed. So again, yeah. I say, does the country need that type of rhetoric at this moment? Does no, he think it, that was a great idea? No, it doesn't. Have, it doesn't. But just very, very important. I just want to very quickly respond to a few. The first thing, I am totally opposed. I was totally opposed to the ANC and the ANC Youth League. Malema gets it from the ANC. The relationship, go and study the history of the ANC, the relationship between the ANC leadership and the monarchies, it goes back to the very founding of the ANC's conference and go and see who attended the conference. If yeah, they, do it for electoral, they do it for electoral purposes. It's to win votes and to build amongst those constituencies. The Inkonyama Trust is scandalous. What has happened there? Malema's flirtation with the kings and all this is, I mean, I find one of the most distasteful stuff is the EFF's relationship with the, the monarchies. But let me tell you something else. Malema and the EFF is essentially at bottom an Afri a narrow African nationalist. Go and look at a lot of the statements of the EFF. They talk about African people. African as you understood it under apartheid. They're not talking about white or colored Indian people. No. He's essentially a narrow African nationalist. I can, I've, I've studied these things. I've studied every speech he's made. And I can tell you of the writings of Malema and the rest of them. Did you see what happened at the stadium? He speaks about all the ANC leaders of the past that he recalls. Not one single so-called white Indian. Or, there was no, nobody, Joe Slovo, nothing was mentioned. Not one, every single. Well, but, you know, one of the things for me about Julius Malema and the stagnation of his party is a child who was born on the 27th of April, 1994. Next year, they will be 30 years old. Sure. None of those individuals that he names have any resonance with any of these young people. Part of the reason why it is, in, in, in my view, why we see him not show up in the polls in the way that in his egotistical mind he does and also by the way very largely in the media he's this huge thing for for the media he sells the papers right he sells papers it gets people mm -hmm. tuned into the the tv shows yeah but in the in the mind of the voter that very voter if you look at it very narrowly narrowly to say he is talking to young Africans, black mm -hmm. Africans. Yes. Those people, all they know, all they know is the ineptitude of this movement that is the ANC. So when he calls up these names, when he when he when he talks about socialism, when he talks about uh, communism, these young people, that 30 year old showing up at the polls next year, does not know this history. It does not resonate with him, and therefore it doesn't move him to even show up to vote. That's why they don't vote for him. But, that but is and, 
and to address this thing about the song, the song, obviously, there is a ruling on the song, Ibrahim. Whether we like it or not, the law is the law. Gareth kind of pointed this out. The law takes its course whether we agree it or not. Otherwise, we'd have a state of anarchy if we didn't apply the law the way the law is read. But in terms of this song and in terms of if it's hate speech or not, that's personal. But again, I ask you, it does a sane man who is not egotistical, who's not arrogant, does he sing that song to a people that are already primed for violence? Our human nature, when we are at our lowest, is to lean towards the negative. So do you need to spread more negativity in an FNB stadium for 1.2 million? I don't think anyone on the show, and certainly not in the comments, is of that opinion. So I think we can dis- dismiss that. We, yeah. can, we can say that Julius, Julius just doesn't care. Let me ask you all, Ibrahim, you hinted at this, that they might have paid for this out of the IEC money, but... The EFF funding uh, is, is still a very murky issue, is it not? It is not only murky, the EFF funding. Gareth, please listen to me. There are lots of things about the EFF and the, and the Malema that I know, but I don't want to go into. There's lots of things, <laughs> even the way he dismissed the VBS. He said nobody has charged them. There's mm-hmm. lots of unanswered questions about Malema and why they hate the Daily Maverick and all this, and because those journalists have pursued these matters relentlessly. There are lots of questions around Malema and uh, in particular and others around corruption issues. It, it has, however, they haven't been charged. That's the important. But let me tell you something about this, uh, this thing that the EFF is a Marxist-Leninist party. It's the Buddhist biggest nonsense you can let me explain to you very quickly. Malema doesn't even really know the literature. After the decline of the Russian Revolution, the whole notion of Marxism and what it means has been thrashed in the literature. You wouldn't believe it. He doesn't know nothing about it all. So the whole notion of Marxism is highly questionable. It's subject to debate for decades. Malema doesn't know that. So he says the EFF is a Marxist-Leninist party. It's rubbish, let me tell you, without any shadow of doubt. But to answer your question, you know, about the, the... I mean, it's reprehensible what he did. And I said it on the show. To, 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 to chant that song, sing that song, and with all the mm-hmm. gusto, with all the gusto that he was capable of at the FNB, is reprehensible. It's not what... And I won't be surprised that it's been played out in Germany and the rest of the world because... You know, this is, uh, they think this is what probably what's going to happen, you know, if Malema comes to power. And uh, he hasn't done himself any service at all, let me tell you. Where Malema has failed, besides the Marxist Leninist characterization, is on what is called in the literature the national question. I devoted a critique in Business Day of Malema in particular. I say this weakest. Biggest weakness is his grasp of the national question. The national question revolves around this. Who constitutes and what constitutes the nation of South Africa? White Afrikaners, I did a piece for the Mail and Guardian, have been part of the nation of this country. Can't say whatever you wish to. Every people in throughout the country, all the so-called racial groups, constitute the nation of South Africa. And they've all played very important, including white Afrikaners. White Africans, you find the Boer Republics and then discovery of gold, diamonds, everything. White Africans have played a very important part, aside from the racism of apartheid, in the history of this country. And I've written about it. I deal with it in my 2021 book uh, of uh, the Great Pretenders. So I'm mindful. I'm mindful of this. And I think really 
Malema, people, you know, are too glibly believing what he says. This characterization of the EFF as a Marxist-Leninist party is absolute no, rubbish, let me tell you. It doesn't, it doesn't no, hold on, Pumi. If it doesn't, it doesn't matter whether he's read the literature or not, whether he's studied Das Kapital, whether he knows anything about Karl Marx. It doesn't matter because he behaves like a communist. No, but well, can I also just into say, the same trap. There's no, no, the, Russia itself was not even a socialist society, let alone communist. Uh, Russia degenerated into right, a Stalinist uh, uh, empire, you, you know. So you would get right. Uh, can I just ground us? Can I ground us to this? When we started the show, I was telling you about my trip here in Clan William, right? Mm -hmm. and, yes. and South Africa is a very complex place with very many different types of people making up all of these communities. So sitting in Clan William, which is a predominantly farming town, so lots of farmers, lots of farm workers, Predominantly Afrikaans, everybody speaks Afrikaans as, as a, a first language, right? Predominantly African, <coughs> birth and colored. Mm. Sorry, guys. Right. Here's some water. <laughs> Have my water. Have my water. All right. And, and in these places, whether it is in KZN or the Eastern Cape or the Western Cape or the Free State, what we don't see is we don't see people showing up to the polls and in great numbers saying the EFF is resonating with me. I like what they are saying, therefore I am going to put them into power. In some places, and we've spoken about this on the show, in some places, in some of these by-elections, one person votes for the EFF and presumably that is the person who is standing as a candidate. And, yeah. and this is all that I'm saying. I think the images that we are being fed, and not just us, but Julius as well, the images that his ego feeds him, right, are also what he wants to believe that he resonates with all of these many people. So busing people into FNB Stadium, if each and every single one of the people that were in that stadium on Sunday voted for the EFF, he would have two seats in Parliament. You know, so <laughs> yeah. this, the, the, this, is, this is the thing, right? We, and again, why I'm saying that there has been a fundamental failure in translating the communication and the feat, and there is no way that we are going to say what they pulled off on Sunday is not a fantastic feat. But the fundamental failure of it, we have just spent 45 minutes having a blow-by-blow blow breakdown of the spectacle, of the song, of what it means, of what Julius is. But what we are not talking about is we are not talking about his policies. We are not talking about his election promise for 2024. And we are not saying that all of those things have culminated in us looking at Julius more seriously as a potential for president. And I'm saying that it's not just us. It is the voting public too. Particularly yeah. the black youth he seems to think he is appealing to. Yeah, but also the Freedom Charters nationalization clause, Malema does not understand whatsoever. Let me tell you, the Freedom Charter, if you know the Freedom and you've studied it, the Freedom Charter, in fact, finally, is calling for a de-racialized capitalism. You go and see yeah. how can you call on the one hand for 
the wealth redistribution nationalization and on the other hand and it has a clause in it that provides for black people now being able to open up businesses trade wherever they want to etc etc you cannot the two cannot cannot live cheek by jowl policy wise in the same document Mulets and Becky is convinced that in the final analysis the EFF does not understand the nationalization clause and the ambiguity surrounding it. So when Malema speaks about it, I don't think he has even made a study. Uh, and the EFF has certainly not addressed the question of the ambiguity of the nationalization clause in the Freedom Charter. Just but the ANC, who are the charterists, right, even the ANC themselves, have moved no. away from what yes. it is that they stood for. When you look at who the ANC MEC is, where is the non-racialism there? When you look at the policies, that they, the, even the ANC, and so all that we are seeing in Julius Maleva is, <coughs> is we're seeing a young man who was raised by Peter Mugabe, who was weaned yes. of an ANC that has completely lost its way. And yes. this is why we're here. No, in no. fact, the weaknesses of the EFF, you, it's rooted in the ANC's own weaknesses. Yeah. You'll see this, this national question that you're talking about. Have you noticed, Gareth, just quickly, you know, I have done many pieces on this. I call it the growth of a, the emergence of a, a narrow Africanist majoritarian chauvinism. It is why the DA rules the Western Cape and why the majority <laughs> colored working class has given their votes to the DA. This is yeah. it. The ANC yeah. itself has become highly racialized. You can you can hardly find any so-called colored Indian white people. Go and look at all the ANC rallies and meetings and count the number of so-called minorities. You'll hardly find they become increasingly yeah. racialized and Africanness narrow. So the ANC itself. So Malema is a child of the ANC in the final analysis, really. And that's why... That is a perfect place to segue to, if you haven't seen it yet, (laughs) Alan Busak, speaking of the Western Cape. Yes, yes. Yes. If you haven't seen it yet, go and look at Alan Busak's open letter about the UDF's celebration. It's it's my column in two weeks' time. That is my column in two weeks' time. (laughs) So that's how much I've looked into it. <laughs> no, 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 wait, Gareth. Can I also jump in here? Go ahead. No, so speaking about the EFF's murky money, so Julius praised uh, the EFF's DP for donating 15 million rand to the COVID solidarity fund. Doesn't explain where it's coming from, but okay, 15 million rand. Yeah, so then VBS happened also around about that same time. But I'm, I'm just allegedly, allegedly. But his final call, Gareth, was a call to African leaders, a call to Africa as a whole. Let's resolve everything peacefully. This is before the song. Uh, and then he says he supports China. He supports BRICS. He supports Putin. He supports all these things, right? And then he calls for a resolution for peace. He says he's against what Nangangwa is doing. He did speak out against what's like i don't know what atrocity he spoke against uh lgbti somewhere in africa though he did speak out against these things yeah, no. so he yeah exactly. so he did yeah he did but, speak out against these things but then after after this resolution of everything must be resolved peacefully he sings a very divisive song i get it's marketing guys i really do yeah but What's this it? man is a he, he's um, a contradiction well why why isn't why isn't anyone talking about like the cigarette money and and all of that stuff. And by the way, I mean, can we just also say that there's, that there's been a huge amount of 
um, opportunism from all the other parties, except, funnily enough, from the ANC. Now, you'd think this would be a moment where Cyril, our president, who's been so quiet we barely know he's there, you'd think this would be a moment where Cyril could step into the fray and say, hey, I'm going to offer you the hope that Julius didn't. I'm <laughs> non-racialism. Like, you know, if the guy had any leadership ability whatsoever, and I know, you know, John Steenhuisen's making noise on this side and laying charges to the United Nations and stuff that's not going to make any difference, like he talks about Ukraine and Russia. But the reality is, like, this is an opportunity when, when one of our politicians so obviously makes a wrong-footed move, even if it is populist, even if it has some of that id I was talking about before, there's an opportunity there for other politicians to man up to take things in the right direction. But not one person has been able to do that successfully in Julius's wake. Is that right? Well, you know, uh, let me tell you, I mean, you, you're right, you're right. But, but there's something else that was said earlier on that, uh, you know, one needs to, to respond to. Um, you see, I think uh, Malema and the EFF is caught up in a whole lots of contradictions, honestly. Even his take on, on Putin. What does Malema know about, I mean, I've devoted two columns to a condemnation of the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Look at this stand on Putin, welcoming Putin, nobody will stop them, they'll go and fetch Putin from the airport. I mean, you know, I mean, his understanding of that conflict and the historical origins and what is happening there, you know, too many have jumped on the bandwagon of uh, anti-imperialism and the designs of the United States, etc. in that area of the world. Putin has got nothing in common with the values and traditions of the October Revolution of 1970. Nothing to the contrary. Everything that he has done and stood for tramples in the mud the values and the traditions of the October Revolution of 1970. Uh, so, so, you know, I mean, Malema's take on so many issues, you know, uh, honestly. And I'll tell you the reason why he is increasingly making presidential remarks about Africa and other parts of the world. What do you think? You think he's not conscious of what he's aiming for? He's making yeah, those presidential also, remarks that you'll expect from Ramaphosa because yes. this is what he's aspiring for, the presidency of this country. But also, also the, so, president, the president himself is not occupying that space. He's as quiet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, and, and I do think that one of the things that, and there's very little time left, that we really haven't spoken enough about today is is the EFF's funny money. Because on Saturday, when they did have their gala dinner, the two things that came out of this gala dinner um, mm. imaging that we saw, one mm -hmm. was the sugar daddy of the EFF, yeah. Mazoti, but also shaking hands and sitting at the same platinum yeah. table, which cost 1.2 million rands, yeah. right? with a very senior member right. of the police force. Yeah. This conversation has not been had because not no. only is it a contravention of his job to be seen, um, what is his last name? I, I want to say Khan, but anyway, to be seen at a political rally in this way because yeah. his job is not to be aligned to a political party or movement of any kind, not the ANC, not the EFF, not the DA. His job is to safeguard South Africans, regardless of who they vote for. And so when he is sitting at a table with a known criminal, 
Yeah, no. What was discussed at this table all night over Julius Malema says a white monopoly capital must be must be dealt with as they share glasses of as they share glasses of Anton Rupert Wine. This is, yes. this is what we're dealing with. But Mazot is part of white monopoly capital. <coughs> He's part of white monopoly capital. You know, Malema's take on this thing is really ridiculous. But let me tell you, at least give him credit for one thing. He said in public that is because of the uh, 650 million rand, I think, or something that they got from him. That they were able to participate in the elections. He said it in public. And you know what? You have to take your hat off for that. That honesty, you know. Well, if you had any doubts about his uh, this hypocrisy around white monopoly capital, there you've got it. I mean, he, he, that's how they they participated in the first elections. Uh, this guy gave them six hundred and fifty million rand or something, uh, you know. But the, the reason why Mazotti gives this kind of money is to have political cover, right? Obviously, so he that's wants what they all do. to have political cover so that his illicit business yes. can operate. But yes. unfortunately, and this is what happens, I think, to everybody that funds Malema, is they realize what a, what an ill-disciplined individual he is. Because what Mazotti did not sign up for is he did not sign up to have this kind of scrutiny on who he is, on his businesses, not just in the South African sense, but in the global sense. Because the conversations that are being had all over the world, whether it is in Washington, in the, and believe me when I say Washington and the FBI, whether it is in France, whether it is, all of them are now saying, who the hell is this Mazotti character and how does he get his money? He did not sign up for that. He just wanted to get his, you know, he just wanted to get his fake cigarettes into the country and be able to call somebody when his trucks get stopped. And now everybody is looking at him and talking about him. He did not sign up for that. So I think Malema's right, discipline gonna, is going to come back him. and bite him in the ass. All right. Well, we, we on that note, I mean, I can't think of a better note than the, the, something coming around and biting someone on the ass. That's a great place to end it. Ibrahim, we will uh, look forward to your column on News 24 this weekend. It's very good of you to spend some time with us this morning. And thank you very much. For me, everybody, have an awesome day. Thank you. And we will we'll catch up. Thank you, Ibrahim. Thank you so much. Uh, we'll see you next week, Pums. See you next week. I'll be back in the studio.